Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You're born a sinner. I don't mean to burst your bubble. I don't mean to surprise you with that, but you're born a sinner. The good news is that Jesus came to die for you. To solve that biggest issue in your life, he showed up for that reason. You and I are just like this crippled man. He can't do anything for himself. He can't make himself get up and walk. He can't do any of these things. It's beyond his ability, beyond his control, beyond his power. He has nothing. Even Peter and John, in their own strength, they can't do anything for this guy. The Lord has to intervene. You were born a sinner, but the good news is that Jesus came to die for you. As you listen to today's message with Pastor James, you'll learn about a crippled man who was healed by the Holy Spirit through the disciples. And just like the crippled man who couldn't heal himself, neither can you truly be healed without Jesus in your life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Why would you want to do anything without him? Take a moment today and invite the Holy Spirit into your life. He's good. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Acts chapter 3 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. chapter 3 is where we pick up today. So you had this 3,000 souls added to the church, and then not even that, chapter 2 ends off with saying like, and, and people were continually added. Continu- we don't even know the numbers, but people were continually getting saved. And then chapter 3 happens. So we pick up with Peter and John. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. All right, so you got 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, prayer services. Here's the cool thing. If you like, kind of wrestle with um, you know, your own personal prayer time with the Lord, and if you want like, a good like, maybe structure, these guys had a brilliant structure on how to pray. Okay? So for an hour, they would pray for an hour. That might like, kind of discourage you because you're like, how can I pray for an hour? Well, you can. You can. You don't have to, but you can. All right? But here's what they would do during their, this is just general information. So you show up for prayer time. You got 15 minutes of silence, meditation, just silence. You don't say anything. 15 minutes, you don't say a word. You don't say, well, how does God know I'm talking to him? So he knows, okay? He knows. So if you show up and you're like, all right, Lord, I'm going to spend some time with you. It's just silence for 15 minutes. Why? Well, you can be contemplating or meditating, thinking on who he is and all that good stuff. But it's just that moment of like, Lord, I'm just going to quiet myself before you. I'm just going to quiet myself before you. We live in a day and age where we need to learn how to do this. We need to learn how to do this because these things are always on and always going, and we are absolutely connected to these things. It might as well be an umbilical cord. It may as well be that, right? That's not a bad thing. It can be a bad thing, but it's not always a bad thing. I don't want a cell phone. I remember the good days when I didn't have a cell phone. I'm like, I want to go back to that. But unfortunately, I'm like, I have to be connected to this thing. But I don't always have to be on it. It doesn't always have to be in my possession. In fact, when I get home, I always just toss it somewhere. And I just pray that I remember where I put it or the next day. You know me. I always lose everything. It's a miracle that I even found my Bible today. But 
I don't want to think about it. But we live in a world where, I mean, there's just constant, I mean, information is just multiplying day by day by day by day. We need to be a people that know how to sit in silence. Just sit in silence. For 15 minutes, they would do that. For 30 minutes, it would be a time of petition. That's when you're bringing your requests and making your requests known to God and praying for your own needs, um, but praying for the needs of other people. You can do that for 30 minutes, right? You can easily do that for 30 minutes. That's not a problem. And if you don't know what to pray for concerning other people, well, part of showing up on a Sunday morning is to ask people, hey, how can I pray for you? This week, I'm going to write your name down in my Bible. How can I be praying for you? I do that. I have Bibles that I have just a list of people's names. I don't have, always have their prayer requests listed there, but I have their names written down in Bible so that when I'm opening the Bible, I see that name and I'm like, I'm going to pray for these guys. That's a good practice to make part of just what we do on Sunday mornings. You show up, just ask somebody. And you sh- if you're offended that somebody asks you to like, hey, how can I pray for you? All right, it's okay. You know how to pray for them, right? But don't be offended if somebody's like, hey, it doesn't mean they think your life is messed up. They just want to know, how can I encourage you? How can I be there for you? How can I be praying for you? We all have needs. But half an hour they spend on a petition, making their requests known to God for their own needs, for the needs of others. And then the last 15 minutes, it's adoration. It's just adoration. 15 minutes of just praising God, thanking God. You spent 15 minutes of just quiet and just silence before him. Then you make your requests known to him. And then you spend 15 minutes of just thanking him and praising him because he is worthy of that. That's a good structure for a prayer meeting, right? So if you want to know, if you're kind of like, my time of prayer is just kind of lacking or whatever, well, try that method. Try that out. See how it goes. Just see how it goes. Now, you don't have to be like bound by those time parameters or anything like that, but it's a good thing just to to sit in silence, to make your request known to the Lord because he does care about you but then also to praise him for his goodness because he is so good. If you need another prayer model, Jesus gave one too. He's like, hey, when you pray, just pray like this, right? And it starts off with adoration. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? Spend time praying would be the emphasis there, but if you just need structure in your life, there's a good example. So when they showed up to the temple and prayed, this is what they did. They still, to a certain extent, do this same kind of prayer structure. But they're there. They're showing up to the temple. They're going to go and pray. Uh, It's time to pray. They're going to go and pray. And as they're walking up to the temple, verse 2, says, they approach the temple, a man lame from birth. Okay, that means he's crippled, not like lame, like he's some lame guy, right? You know that. I hope you know that, right? Okay, so he's not uncool or anything like that. He's just crippled, all right? Well, we'll get into the details of that in a second. But there he is. He was uh, a man lame from birth, was being carried in each day. He was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. So here's the scenario. They're going to church, going to church. You're going to a prayer meeting. And here's this guy whom they have passed hundreds of times in their lives. Not their first encounter with this guy. How many other people have walked past this guy? I don't know. Well, why didn't anybody else stop to pray for him? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really matter because God's sovereign. And so when these guys were walking by on that day, at that time, the Lord's going to do something pretty miraculous in this guy's life. So filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter just proclaimed this awesome message and 
thousands of people get saved and are added to the church. And so you know they're just, they're just like riding pretty high on this, like, I mean, the Holy Spirit's moving, and, but it's caused something. As men who are filled with the Holy Spirit, they're now more maybe perceptive, more aware or sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So they're walking into the church. We'll call it the church. I know it's a temple, but I'm just going to use that just for term's sake there. But they're going to this prayer meeting. And here this guy is who every single day he's placed in that spot. Well, why that spot? Well, because people going into prayer are probably going to be a little more generous than people going about their other business. It's a good place to set up camp, um, so to speak. So there he is sitting there with maybe his sign and all that good stuff just begging for money. This is, he's crippled. He's never been able to walk. He was born like this. Born like this. And so, I mean, you can understand for a lot of these individuals, when they're born with some of these uh, conditions, he's not going to have a normal job. It doesn't mean that others didn't have normal jobs or couldn't figure things out. But for the most part, these guys were destined to be beggars, born busted, kind of. And when you read about this guy in this chapter, I would hope that you're thinking of yourself. Because when you came into this world, you were busted. You're broken. You're born a sinner. I don't mean to burst your bubble. I don't mean to surprise you with that, but you're born a sinner. The good news is that Jesus came to die for you, to solve that biggest issue in your life. He showed up for that reason. You and I are just like this crippled man. He can't do anything for himself. He can't make himself get up and walk. He can't do any of these things. It's beyond his ability, beyond his control, beyond his power. He has nothing. Even Peter and John, in their own strength, they can't do anything for this guy. The Lord has to intervene. He has to intervene. So they're going to this prayer meeting. Here's this guy that they've passed numerous times. Here's the other thing. Jesus himself has probably passed by this guy numerous times as well. Numerous times as well. And you're like, well, hold on. Shouldn't Jesus have healed them? Well, he does through these guys. Did he heal everybody? No. He did not. He didn't heal everybody. Do we want him to heal everybody? Yes, absolutely. Ultimately, as people of God, we have to be okay with that. He's in control. His will must be done, even if I don't understand it. Even if I don't understand it. But this guy, this particular guy on this day, he's going to get healed. And God's going to do that through Peter and John. So as he's begging them for money, they show up, verse 4. It says, Peter and John looked at him intently, or they set their gaze upon this guy. They're like, they're, I mean, for the first time ever, maybe you pass by these guys. I've been to Jerusalem. A lot of these guys are still out there. There's a lot of people begging for money out there and crippled individuals that are out there and everything. And we know how all that works. But so you kind of get numb to that to a certain extent where you're like, oh, no, no, I just, no, not again, not another person, all that stuff. Maybe that's how they conducted their lives every day up until this point. Now, do they do this for any other beggars? We don't know. We have no clue. This is one story that was picked out of this history of the church that the Lord's saying, hey, watch this. Watch what happens with these guys. They're walking up to him just like they, any, they're going to walk right past him like they would on any other day, except for this day, they're now filled with the Holy Spirit. And clearly the Spirit has placed some sort of awareness upon them to say like, no, 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 let's take care of this. Address this guy. So here's Peter and John. They look at him intently. Peter says, look at us. And what he's saying there essentially is, look me in the eyes. He's gaining his attention. He's like, look at me. And this guy's like, because, uh, you know, I mean, you can understand what it'd be like to be a beggar in the situation where you're, you're asking for help and stuff. And a lot of times it's just through 
hopefully if they're, you know, in legitimate need there, there's a sense of humility and kind of, you know, just, I don't want to look at people. I'm in need, but I just really don't want to look at people. I find myself, when I'm in times of need, it's hard for me to look at people. I'm like, uh, because it's embarrassing. It's humiliating, you know? And so Peter's like, hey, look at me. He grabs hold of this guy's attention. So the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting a gift, right? Because that's what he's asking. I need money. So Peter's like, hey, look at me. The guy's like, okay, I got one. Somebody's going to give me some money. And then Peter bursts his bubble. Uh, He says, verse 6, Peter says, I don't have any money for you. Silver and gold I don't have. I don't have any money. The guy's like, man, why are you wasting my time? (laughs) Like, wait, hold on. And Peter's like, listen, I don't have money, but I have exactly what you need. He says, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. So Peter shows up to this guy, led by the Holy Spirit. This guy's looking for money, and Peter's like, I don't have any money. I don't have money. Listen, I work for a church. I don't have any money, okay? We haven't gotten there yet. Like, nobody's rolling just yet. Nobody's got their private jet just yet, okay? So he's like, no, I don't have any money. I don't have anything except for this one thing, the greatest need in your life. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus. So you can imagine, you put yourself in this crippled man's position as he's like, Jesus? Like, how is Jesus going to pay my bills? How is Jesus going to give me my food today? He clearly, if that is his response, he doesn't really know Jesus. But here's Peter's like, I don't have any money to give you, but I have Jesus, and he's exactly what you need today. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Get up and walk. And he doesn't just tell him to get up and walk. It says, verse 7, it says, Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. This is faith, right? And you're like, how does this explain it? I can't. Okay, I can't. In some way, I can. God is creator. He is creator. And he can allow this guy to be born lame. And then however many years down the road, he can show up in this lame man's life and say, I'll fix your ankles right now. This guy was born crippled, born crippled. We all understand how this works. If you've ever been around children, nobody comes out of the womb ready to walk. You have to learn how to walk. Muscles have to be developed and strengthened. Balance has to be something that is attained by children. We watch it all the time. They walk around, they fall down, they cry. They're good, they're okay, right? And they learn, and then it's more steps, it's more steps, and then now they're in everything. I got a toddler in my house right now, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's a toddler. She's everywhere, she's walking. And then they're gonna start running, and then they're falling even more. It's something that you have to learn how to do. You don't just naturally, it's not like out of the womb, praise God, it's not out of the womb, and then they're running around immediately, okay? That would be creepy, that would be absolutely weird. Along the same lines of, praise God, they're not born with teeth, okay? Because that, again, it would be another just terrifying sight. But you have to learn. you got to grow. But here's this guy. He's never walked in his life. He never got to learn how to walk. And it says here, like, technically, what's happening is it's like his ankles. There's an issue with his feet and his ankles. It's almost like they have always been dislocated. And you know, you've twisted your ankle, you sprained your ankle, you know how painful it is to try to walk on that when it's done. It's the ankle and it takes forever to heal. Here's a guy who has never used his ankles in his entire life. Peter's like, get up and walk. Grabs him by the right hand and pulls this dude up. Now this is an act of faith. Whose faith was it? Peter's? Yes. This other guy's? 
I don't know, but we're told a little bit later that this is actually faith from God in this story, all right? So Peter's just like, man, I don't got no money, but I got Jesus. Hey, buddy, let's get up. Let's walk. Grabs him by the right hand as if this guy doesn't even have a choice. I mean, that's kind of like how I read this at times. It's like Peter grabs him by the hand and just yanks this dude up, and he's standing for the first time ever. Never miss, never, ever, ever miss the personal stories within this Bible. Because you can read through the story and you can be like, oh, that's kind of cool. A miracle just happened. No, 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 no. My goodness, put yourself in this guy's position. He has never stood on his own two feet. Never. And one day, outside the temple, which he can't even enter because he's crippled. He's not even invited to the prayer meetings because he's crippled. He was born that way. No control over that. They won't even let him in. Drop him off at the gate. Let him beg for money. All that good stuff. For the first time in his entire life, he is standing on his own two feet. That's major. That's incredible. What can we liken that to? You remember when you said yes to Jesus? You remember when you surrendered to Jesus? That's that moment. I remember it so visually, so distinctively. For me, it was now 21 years ago. My goodness. All by myself in the mountains of Colorado, on my way to Bible college, I was already accepted. I applied to Bible college. I was already going to Bible college. I didn't even know Jesus. Didn't even know him, right? But I'm going to Bible college, and it was there when the Lord showed up in my little efficiency apartment. I said, James, this is who I am. You've been running from me your whole life, trying to find truth and all this stuff, trying to find peace and all this other stuff. Here I am. What are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't want to go to hell. Um, do not want to go. Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. And I will follow you every single day of my life. That was the first day I stood on my own two feet. That was the day the Lord reached down and grabbed me by the right hand and pulled me up. And I stood for the first time, if you catch what I'm saying. It's the same moment. You've had this. You've experienced this. I hope and I pray that you have. You know what it feels like to be this guy. And I hope what happens next still happens in your heart. I hope and pray it still happens in my heart, too. Took him by the right hand, helped him up, and as he did, this man's feet and ankle bones were healed and strengthened because he needed the strength, he needed the muscles, he needed the tendons, he needed all that stuff that I have no understanding of at all, but he needed every single one of those things to be working perfectly, and they did. And they did. I'm always reminded, you go through the Gospels, there's times where Jesus would show up. He showed up in this blind guy's life. He like spits in the ground, he makes some mud, and you're like, what are you doing, Jesus? And if I'm the blind guy, you know, his senses are heightened too. I'm like, he just hawk a loogie? Like, Jesus is just like, what's that? What's he doing? And then what's this? Why is he rubbing mud in my eye? Oh, he's making you brand new eyeballs because that's what the creator can do because he made us out of dirt. He can easily reach down into some dirt and throw some new eyeballs in your bowl, okay? He can do it if he wants to. He did it for that guy. Here, this guy, in an instant, ankles are strengthened. He's good to go. He's good to go. Look at his response. The ankles are healed. He's strengthened. Verse 8, he jumped up. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Never walked before in his life. I wonder if it looked awkward. I kind of hope it did in one sense. You baby giraffe, you ever seen those guys when they learn? It's just all over the place. It's, I don't know, but his legs were perfectly strengthened, and he, the dude is jumping, 
and he is walking. Then walking, leaping, praising God. Walking, leaping, praising God. I hope and I pray 21 years down the road that in my heart I'm still walking, I'm still leaping, and I'm still praising God. I pray that that's true for you as well. Wherever you're at on this journey, may that be your response. Now, not every day is a good walking day. You get shin splints in Christianity, right? You know what that's like? You know how painful those things are? And you're like, I just don't want to even move today, Lord. I don't even want to move today. Today was leg day, and I'm in pain, right? Like, I don't want to. There's days that are like that, but I pray overall, I'm still walking, I'm still leaping, and I'm still praising God every single day in my heart. So this guy is doing all this stuff, and he went into the temple with them. He gets to go into the temple, and you know the spectacle. You don't think that this guy's like, oh, I should probably calm down. I'm about to go into a prayer meeting, so I should probably be formal and, uh, you know, collective and together, and I don't want to cause a thing. This guy is probably running laps around this prayer room, right? And they're like, who's this dude skipping? Wait, that's the, that's the cripple guy. How, how do you get fixed? You know it's going to cause a scene. I love his heart because you can just tell by the story that his heart is just like, I don't care who sees. I don't care who knows. In fact, I'm just going to jump. I'm going to dance. I'm going to skip. I'm going to do whatever I got to do because I got new ankles and new feet because God gave them to me. And you better believe I'm going to praise them. I don't care what anybody thinks. I love that. I love that attitude. I love that heart that's kind of conveyed through this text. It goes on, verse 9. All the people saw him walking and heard him. That's the key there too, okay? They saw him. And they heard him. So they saw him dancing around, jumping around, doing all that stuff. But even more than that, they heard him praising God, not in a foreign tongue, not in a foreign tongue like chapter 2. No, this is his own tongue. But he is what? He's praising God. And that's, a, that's the key to the church, praising God, praising God, praising God. Let them see you walk. Let them see you leap. Let them see you. Let them hear you praise God. So he's going through the temple. He's praising God. Everybody's hearing him. They're watching him. Verse 10, then they realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the beautiful gate. And they were absolutely astonished. They're like, we pass by this guy every single day. What happened? And there's a beautiful setup that takes place here. Verse 11, they all rushed out to Solomon's colonnade or, or Solomon's porch, as it may be uh, said in your Bibles there. He was holding tightly to Peter and to John. Everyone stood there in awe of the wonderful thing that had happened. So here's this guy, like he's, wherever Peter and John go, he's like, he's with them. He's just holding on. He's probably like hugging them, like, man, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. Everywhere they go, he goes. He's their shadow. He's just praising God. And they're not annoyed with him. They're not, none of that stuff. They're just like, yeah, man. They're like, I will. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, Jesus. That, don't thank us. Thank Jesus. But everybody is coming. Now everybody's starting to show up wondering, like, what has just happened? Verse 12, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. This is the beautiful setup. The Lord caused this miracle to take place. He healed this lame man. And now he's got this, everybody's attention. Everybody's focused now. And so what is he going to do? He's going to preach the gospel. He's going to preach the gospel. What Peter does not do, he does not start his own ministry of going around and healing people. That's not what he does. He does not take advantage of something that God did through him. He does not take advantage of God. What he did was saw that God did a miraculous thing. 
God has gotten the attention of a lot of people, and now he's going to tell people about this God and his glorious gospel. That's all we have time for today at Bread for the Broken, but we're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James continues through the book of Acts. This book is a powerful representation of how the church first began. It contains a variety of snapshots into effective ways of sharing the gospel. Some apostles shared in large groups, while others taught in more intimate settings. Some taught the gospel through words, and others shared through signs and wonders. Do you wrestle with sharing who Jesus is? Be encouraged. As long as you're teaching the hope and truth of Jesus, there is no wrong way. If you'd like prayer in this area, we would love to pray for you. Visit breadforthebroken.com, click on the contact tab, and let us know how we can be praying. If you'd like to listen to more teachings like this, you can find them too when you visit breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the teachings tab. You'll also be able to learn more about Calvary Galveston at our website, as well as find directions to our location. Calvary Galveston is a church of ordinary people seeking to live as Jesus did. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. So if you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to meet you. Our atmosphere is relaxed, so just come as you are. You can find out more and get directions on our website. Again, that's breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for listening to Pastor James's teaching today. Know that we're praying for you, and we hope you'll join us to continue digging into the book of Acts next time on Bread for the Broken.